the failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. I'm an environmentalist. A lot of people don't understand that. I think I know more about the environment than most people. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East Hall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista. I'm Ian Collins. For newcomers to this podcast, which begs the question, by the way, where the heck have you been for the last three episodes? This is a series about the views, thoughts, campaigns and ideas of one man. Dale Vince is an entrepreneur who built his success in the green energy sector. He's the owner of Ecotricity, the world's first green energy company, an area he identified years before it was remotely on the political agenda, let alone dominating world events. He actually built his first windmill in 1990. I should say, in addition, for those who've not been paying attention, another big element to his day is that he's the man behind Forest Green Rovers, the world's first vegan football club, where he sits as chairman. I should start, by the way, Dale, by asking, because I'm always a bit nervous when we're recording a podcast um, about where... Forest Green Rovers are in the league. You've been riding at the top. There's been a few knocks from the grim realities of Swindon Town. But uh, where are we now? Yeah, we're still second. I think we're one point off the top. We're third of the way through the season. You know, we all think we're doing pretty well. You know, we're... We're confident we've been uh, around the top for most of the season, yeah. so it, it looks like it's going to be a very good season for us. Good work. And a few people I noticed asking on Twitter about you know new ground, new stadium. What's the story there? There's been some some imagery I've noticed of, of you talking about this. Yeah, it's moving on. We're about 10 days away from our next planning committee meeting. It's on the 18th of December. This is going to be the second time that the council make a decision. They turned it down the first time for yeah. no good reason. They're going to have another bash at it. But we've got an appeal date on the 18th of February anyway in the new year. And we're very confident we'll win that. So I think we're just now a couple of months away, one way or the other, from having permission, outline permission for the new stadium. Is that kind of a sort of default position of councils? They just turn stuff down. I sort of get the impression yeah. when they come to these meetings, they go, right, let's just turn this down. We haven't even read it yet, but we'll just turn it down anyway. Yeah, a lot of people feel the same way about planning, that it's kind of predisposed to turn yeah. stuff down. I, I don't know if that's completely right or fair. But in our case, you know, we put this into planning five years ago and, and it was wow. ahead of the local plan. And the ironic thing is now that the local plan has caught up and has identified this piece of land for sure. sport and mixed business use, which is exactly what we proposed. And so... You know, the council are coming back to us now saying, um, you know, you could put the application back in for employment use now. Sure. And we're like, oh, big, deep breath. You know, it's just <laughs> a shame that it has to be done this way. Yeah. You know, that we've, we've spent five years already. And in the context of the climate emergency, of course, you know, five years is a very long time. Yeah, I mean, you're building a football stadium, not a space shuttle, for goodness sake. I mean, it should be, you'd think <laughs> it was straightforward. But uh, yeah. uh, let, let's move on to uh, lots of areas we want to talk about uh, on, on this episode, Dale. Um COP25. So for those who aren't aware, lots of various interested parties, uh, whether it's politicians or representatives from different groups, gathering in Madrid. This is a, a two-week meeting, Dale, isn't it? So significant stuff to, for, for them to bite into, all on the, the, the green and environmental agenda. Yeah, it is. When you said COP25 for a minute, I thought we were going to start talking about our election banners and the visit we had from the cops. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we'll come to that because there's there's, that's just a cracking story in itself under under yeah, the banner if you is. couldn't make it up. But uh, you couldn't. But, but, but COP25 for the from the environmental side of things, th this is the, the meeting in Madrid. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're not going. I actually went to COP4, which was the Kyoto COP, like it must be nearly 25 years wow. ago now. And this is where the world first signed up to legally binding carbon targets. I think it was just 1% at the time, which is sure. very tiny, but it was significant that, uh, you know, the world had a, an agreed target. But yeah, COP25, maybe something good will come from it. I hope so. I think that, you know, it feels like there's a, there's a groundswell amongst the public and amongst uh, politicians as well, actually, and governments of the world yeah. to, to get something done. It just needs to move faster. What, what seems to have changed, and this must be encouraging from your perspective, because, you know, you're, you're, the, the backdrop of your life is kind of dedicated to all of this, um, is that there doesn't seem to be very many... I mean, there are some stragglers at the back, but there, there doesn't seem to be many politicians now that are, are, are denying the science who are saying we're not on the agenda. They've got varying ways of showing it they've got uh, if you look at their policies different um, ideas of what is a sense of urgency but everybody mm. seems to more or less be on board yeah with the exception of our friend the donald and uh, you know some of his yeah. chums in uh, the republican party they, they <laughs> are openly anti-climate change and, and you know the man-made cause of that and that kind of stuff over here i guess we've got boris uh, the uk's answer to the donald and he ducked the uh, climate change debate didn't he last week or was it this week um, yeah, it was last week, wasn't it? Well, he, Michael Gove pitched up, didn't he? Trying to be part of it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know yeah, whether it's not was... really good enough, is it? I mean, what does that tell us about uh, our would-be prime minister? I think he is our prime minister currently. Uh, about yeah. his attitude to climate change when he won't turn up to the leaders' debate on climate change. They've got this. Um, um, I, I think the Tories are talking about twenty fifty, aren't they? Carbon neutral, and uh, yeah. you haven't got to talk to many people to realise that's sort of slightly out of the ballpark of, of reality for what needs to be done. It's the long grass, and it is six electoral cycles away. Yeah. So I think that makes them comfortable. They don't have to take responsibility for it, and that's a kind of classic move. But, you know, the UN have said 10 years. Uh, there's a lot of science behind that. I think we can take that pretty much as a fact. It's certainly something that we need to, to uh, you know, consider as a fact and, mm. and act as if it is, sure. uh, you know, really, really important rather than um, say, look, we can fix this over the next 30 years. Yeah. So back to the, to Madrid. I mean, if, if you were, I think it's Glasgow next time around, isn't it? I, I, the, the, the next... Mm, yeah, um, next year. Next yeah, year. It's June or July. So yeah. you, you will be able to go to that. I mean, one of the reasons you, you've not gone, of course, is about not flying, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's right. And I could have got to Madrid without flying, uh, but it would have taken a few days. And, sure. and actually, I just don't think that I could contribute um, you know, to make it worth the, worth the effort. But, you know, Glasgow's a bit closer and sure. uh, I'm going to go. And I think probably uh, we'll take part as well. I'd, I've got a feeling we'll be taking part as Forest Green Rovers, funnily enough, and um, talking about the stuff yeah. that we've done to go climate neutral. What would you be, I mean, if you were organising one of these, what, what would be on the sort of Dale Vince agenda? for a conference like this what what's what's front and foremost on that list i think the whole world of governments and countries need to kind of come together and accept the un position and start adopting targets around 2030 for you know maximum action against carbon and i think also that it would be good to develop some kind of agreed framework approach for that i of course would advocate energy transport and food as the kind of big picture template sure. uh, to measure stuff against uh, i don't think it's rocket science uh, and it could be done and and you know it might help if there was an, a kind of a, an agreed approach as well as an agreed target uh, let's move to where we, where we began you, you mentioned a visit uh, and this is kind of hilarious so there you are in your head office working away um, it's a nice office and I've been there and there's lots of very friendly people there and uh, very diligent and one peaceful morning the cops show up in your reception 
yeah, that's right. It it was and is really just just strange. Um, and you you know you can't help but worry just a little bit about what's happening in our country when something like this happens. Because what triggered it is that we put up some banners in support of Labour, and it's not more than that. A Tory councillor complained about them. Uh, the chief constable, we're told, uh, sent the two bobbies round. They they weren't well briefed. They didn't know uh, what law uh, was uh, relevant. And uh, they gave us some advice in terms of adding words to our banners, which was uh, grammatically difficult, uh, as well as l- legally, you know, kind of invisible. They said we should add the words Dale Vince, in-care, ecotricity. And, and we're like, well, they're not the grammar police, are they? And... <laughs> So and, what was there? You know, so so somebody had complained and said because these are kind of on they're sort of risen banners on scaffold that kind of thing. Is that well? There's yeah. There's one at Junction 13 where we're hoping to build Eco Park. That's on a scaffold tower, yep. and then there are two along the railings outside our office. Okay. And uh, they they say for a green government, vote Labour, which is our essential message in this election. That Labour have got these amazing green policies. We have a uh, you know once in a lifetime chance possibly sure. to elect a green government and you know vote Labour. That's our message. Because the climate and environmental emergency is real, it's serious, it's here, it's now. So uh, down at Junction 13, I think we tweaked that a little bit. And it said fraction on climate change, vote Labour. Um, but the um, yeah the essential angle seemed to have been that we broke electoral law by not having an imprint on them that basically disclosed uh, where they came from, where they were they from the Labour Party, in which case they had to be part of the local budget, or or were they from us? Right. Um, it wasn't correct. We did have an imprint on, on them. And, um, you know, the police that came around said, yes, but you need to add these words, which, as I said, didn't make any grammatical sense, but they don't make any legal sense either. Yeah. So the whole thing was a bit farcical, but also... We, we had a chat today with some chief superintendent responsible for uh, monitoring the election uh, in terms of electoral fraud. Mm. And, um, and he said he's, he's happy with the words that we've got. So there is not actually a problem. But what we don't understand is why when the complaint came in, there was a need to send two bobbies around almost with the lights flashing. Why not just pick up the phone? And there are lots of banners in lots of fields up and down the country that farmers are putting there. Are they getting visits from I've the police? All, I've, yeah, election time. You haven't got to drive very far to see fields with a banner supporting a particular party. I mean, that, I, I, mm. that, that seems completely unremarkable to me at an election time. Yeah, agreed. And it's usually a conservative banner in a farmer's field, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some... Um, there's some questions here. Uh, lots of questions, actually, uh, Dale, that come in. Th- uh, Thorsten, who's from the Forest Green Rovers Norway Fan Club, awesome. uh, says, Dale, you mentioned UEFA in the last podcast. Isn't it time they stop making teams travel halfway across the world for games? <laughs> Absolutely. And we had that conversation. I did, did the video conference with them. We had it on the podcast, but I had it with UEFA as well. Um, and I think they're alive to that now. I've got a feeling they won't be making that mistake again. Certainly hope not. Uh, this from Jan on Twitter. Dale, I've been an ecotricity customer for years. Do we get to the point where green energy becomes so plentiful it gets cheaper? I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, what, what, what is the, you know, <laughs> is, is there a point where it just kind of recycles itself to the point that it costs nothing? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We're at 30% now as a country. And, you know, we've gone through the relatively expensive days of renewable energy. The cost of solar has fallen so far now that uh, we're building it without uh, any form of subsidy or support. 
Uh, onshore wind is pretty close to that. Offshore wind has crossed that threshold as well. So uh, that's measured, of course, against the current market price. And the problem with market prices is they move up and down all of the time. Sure. Uh, but our market price is, of course, driven by the price of fossil fuels. Uh, but as the percentage of renewables on the on the grid or in the country grows, the percentage of fossils diminishes. And there's got to be a point of time at which our reference price for market is not fossil fuels any longer. Uh, and it will be renewable energy. And, you know, the great thing about it is once you've built it, the operating costs are very low. The fuel costs are zero. Um, and uh, I think over time, well, it's absolutely the cheapest form of energy over time. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, this is from Chris Price via Facebook. He says, I've got a game changing idea that I think could revolutionize how we power our homes. Can't reveal too much here, but how can I show you? <laughs> Drop you an email, uh, I guess. Yeah, drop me an email or some kind of direct message on Facebook. We'll pick that up. But that's absolutely how ideas begin, isn't it? When, you know, you, we, we have this image that, you know, the, the, there's a sort of conglomerate of suited people and boffins in a room who are solely responsible for all the good, positive stuff that's ever happened in our contemporary world. But in fact, it is people having random ideas you you were that person once upon a time when you thought hang on i'm going to build a windmill yeah that's true and you know we get ideas pitched to us by people random people you could say all of the time and you know one of our guys here spends quite a bit of time uh sieving through them meeting people chatting to people we have a great example of an idea that uh came to be as a result of that we began a project to make plant-based school dinners about 12 months ago and that was because a guy called Barry sent me an email said look I've got this idea I'm from the industry I know how to make it work this is what I want to do I need somebody to back me we had a chat he seemed sensible and serious we met him it looked even better so we you know we backed him 12 months ago and we've created this venture now and we're we're currently um, in 300 schools nationally we'll be in 1500 by Easter and we found the the, the appetite, uh, for want of a better word, uh, amongst uh, schools, these primary schools at the moment, for this plant-based food is, is just incredible. Fantastic. And th- that came about from somebody sending us an idea and saying, you know, we could do this. Uh, and on that issue of changing convention, uh, Paddy on Twitter says, congratulations on switching Forest Green Rovers to bamboo shin pads. What's next, though? Bamboo goalposts. So what? what tell us the story. <laughs> I like it. Tell us the story behind this, Dale. Uh, yeah, we've got bamboo in our shirts, of course. Uh, we launched that this year, and that was a, a kind of big step, a bit of a first in sportswear. Um, the, the bamboo shin pads are not our creation. They've come to us from, you know, the company that make them. They reached out and said, look, you know, we've seen what you're doing. Yeah. We think you might like these. We said, yes, actually, we do. And I'd, I've been wearing them, actually. I played football a couple of times a week now, and I've road tested them. They're good. I haven't been kicked yet, or if I have, I didn't feel it. So maybe yeah. that's a good thing. So what what was what's wrong with conventional shin pads? Are they just made of all the wrong stuff? Yeah, plastic. Yeah. Did you see that about Christmas it, jumpers? Really? That story that the <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw the headline. Yeah. And the, and the Rudolph on the jumper, and I thought oh, I never even thought about that. Yeah, I never thought but, about you know, that. Apparently, we're going to we've bought eleven million of these things this year, and we have sixty odd million stuffed in wardrobes, and most of them are not made of pure lamb's wool or something, which would be fine, um, but actually are made of of, of of what is originates in plastic. Uh, it's awful, and uh, Christmas itself is a, an environmental catastrophe. We probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> yeah, maybe on the next episode. I think we should, though. <laughs> I think oh, okay. we should. Yeah, I'm up for it. Let's do I'm it. Let's, it. Let's, talk turkeys. Destroy the, let's talk turkeys and destroy Rudolph in one one episode. I think we can do it. <laughs> uh, we'll speak soon, Dale. Cheers.
Thanks, Ian. That's it for this episode. Don't forget, you can subscribe for free from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Do make sure you leave a review as well. Here's the really important bit. Uh, You must follow Dale, of course, on social media. That's almost a UN directive these days. Twitter.com slash Dale Vince. Facebook.com slash Dale Vince. We'll see you on the next episode. Zero Carbon East Off.